Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So, since we're talking about this country of ours, and uh, let's not forget that in a few weeks' time, we'll have the Commissioner's Report on the Invoking of the Emergencies Act by the federal government a year ago. That's going to be out shortly, just a few weeks from now. Uh, There's a lot of talk about Canada, about uh, how we are. We have uh, Saskatchewan with the the Saskatchewan First Act. We have the uh, Alberta Sovereignty Act. We have, well, let me just play you again something that we played yesterday. It's very brief, but uh, Premier Blaine Higgs of New Brunswick was on this program. I think it was three or four years ago, and the Premier had just attended his very first um, meeting with his fellow Premiers and the Prime Minister, and this is what he came away with. It makes you wonder if our if if Canada is a nation or a notion. It makes you wonder if Canada is a nation or an ocean. Premier Higgs of New Brunswick. Tom Caldwell is the chairman of Caldwell Securities in Toronto with the seats on the New York Stock Exchange and the TSX. And Mr. Caldwell, in an audiovisual presentation on the Caldwell Securities website, raises a lot of questions about this country of ours and who we are, what we are, who's leading us, how they're leading us, and uh, how we've changed in Canada. And uh, Tom, thank you uh, for coming on. How are you doing? All good in your world? Uh, Sure, I have my quote of good things and bad things. I'm in the sweet spot. (laughs) (laughs) The sweet spot. May it forever show up. (laughs) Tom, you you start, and it's it's a very challenging piece the uh, Q&A that you did, and, and it made me think, and it's going to make anyone really think who, who watches it and listens to it, but let's start with, uh, with, with the opening point that you make, and you ask the question whether today Canada remains a country that we are proud of. Could you start with that, please? Well, I, I can only start with it from a personal perspective. I am very proud to be a Canadian. I'm proud of our country. I'm proud of our people. I'm proud of our history. I'm proud of our intentions. You know, we've always tried to do the right thing. And listen, we are human beings and everybody makes mistakes and sometimes they're pretty cataclysmic. But all that notwithstanding, motivation, intent, trying to help out, being acceptant of people, being acceptant of of ideas, that's what Canada has been built on. And we're I think we're going down a quite a different road now uh, in several components. First off, when you don't have leadership, whether it be in a corporation or a country, you have fragmentation. Now, the, the interesting part of fragmentation is, is that you have pressure groups, you have interest groups really taking over the agenda. Uh, sadly, at the, at the federal government level, it's a one-trick pony. Uh, the fixation on climate change. And yes, we have to do stuff, but it, the fixation is everything relates to that. And, and that's what's called an ideologue. When you, when you have an idea that everybody else must con- conform to, and that's what we're seeing in Canada, an increasing intrusion of governments and pressure interest groups in our life. For example, you know, there's much, I, I hear these, these cliches, these phrases, oh, a safe place or diversity. You know, you hear those phrases all the time, but let me just offer this thought. There is no safe place for diversity of thought or ideas or even debate. And that's 
dangerous because what in that world, people are attacked, not their ideas. And, and increasingly we see this. Um, we are forced to think and say what many of us just simply don't believe. It's almost like we have these new secular religions and they demand total adherence. The West, the success of the West has been based on individual thinking, initiative, innovation, and that freedom of thought, freedom of discussion um, has to be preserved and, and nurtured. Uh, so I think we've got away from that. We, we don't have a vision. We, we even have a government that's debased our pride in our country to some degree. Uh, somebody, I heard a great quote. Uh, somebody said, there are only two kinds of Canadians, those who are embarrassed by the prime minister and those who aren't. And I'm not laying all of this on his doorstep, but he is weak. That's quite clear. And it, it, he does you know, miss the plot. I mean, I'll give you an example, that, that truck uh, protest. You know, typically a leader, and it just started peacefully, and it was generally peaceful. A leader would come out and say, let's meet and let's talk about it, and, as opposed to turning on them, um, seizing bank accounts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, you, in, instead of listening, these are Canadians. These are good Canadians, patriotic, care about our country, and, and you know, government should at least be open. We are a democracy, so we're forgetting these things. So we're imposing ideas. We're imposing thought, we're imposing thought process. We're imposing adherence to ideologues, if you will. So you would have... That's what creates a life, and that's the thing that concerns me. Yeah, you would have uh, believed that Mr. Trudeau should have gone and uh, and met with the truckers, and if uh, he had specific objections, and he did, to what they were doing, then raise it and deal with it. And at some point, at some point, though, the prime minister, um, Tom, any prime minister has to say, well, this is the end of the discussion. But if you don't start the discussion... Absolutely. Then you have a then you have what you what you have. Do, when you said there's sorry, you and I are semi-normal. If we were in that role in that protest, you or I, I know this, I know enough about you, would go out to the front lawn and say, "Listen, pick five of your guys, their leaders, whoever they happen to be. Come on over to the office tomorrow. We'll get some coffee and Tim Hortons, and we're going to sit around for half a day and discuss what your concerns are and what what is doable, etc." Mm-hmm. But at least that would diffuse it, just to be heard. I run a company, a public company. When I have an irritated shareholder. I get on the phone and I call them back and I talk to them. And even if we can't agree, uh, there is the respect that I got on the phone and called them back and we discussed their concerns. And that's important. That's what democracy is. When you say there is uh, no diversity of, uh, of thought, if, if, I understood, if I understood correctly what you said, you're talking uh, about the post-secondary world, like academia, yes? You know, they used to have tenure, and so professors could come up with controversial ideas and not be threatened by their jobs. Mm-hmm. But, but again, let's just take climate change. I'm not to pick on that because there's a whole bunch of other things here. But suppose you are a professor at a university and you question the science of climate change. Not to get involved in the debate of climate change. If you question the science, you will lose your job and you will not work in academia again. Uh, you had a, a, a nurse practitioner uh, in London recently uh, pointing out that he, she was using biology, and she said basically biologically, you're either male or female. Um, it's binary. Uh, she lost her job. She's not going to work again in any professional thing in, in hospitals. And that's what I mean. They, 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 people are destroyed. This is how totalitarianism starts. It starts with a big lie, and the more you tell it, it becomes the truth. And and uh, Goebbels uh, did that. Mao Zedong did that. They not they understand that game, and we're we're doing the same thing again to our people. Do you uh, do you think that people? And I'm just asking for your your view here. 
Do you think that people are comfortable with the, um, with following the positions that are put forward by, by governments and by um, associations and by uh, messengers who have a specific interest in a specific issue? Do you think people are comfortable with that or do you think people are sufficiently engaged to say, well, let's, uh, let's talk about this because I don't hear a lot of that. Let's talk about it. No, you're not, you're not hearing. And, and you know what? It's like when I grew up Eastern Europe, you know, when, when we were under the communists, people would say something for public consumption, but they would think something totally differently. And that's where we're at. We'll say stuff and go along with it, and everybody's cringing internally and saying, I disagree with that. And, and, and that happens often, far more often than you think. Now, I, listen, I can't speak for all Canadians, but I can speak for myself and some of the people that I chat with. And I talk to a pretty big cross-section of people. They're not all, <laughs> they're not all in the investment business, mercifully. Uh, but basically, we're forced to mouth things that we don't buy into. And, and that's morally wrong, and that's highly dangerous. And that's how totalitarianism really gets a foot in the door. Tom Caldwell, chairman of Caldwell Securities, is with us. And we're talking uh, with Tom about the AV presentation, which is on, I don't even know if you call that anymore. Is that what it's called, Tom? Is it still an AV? Um, the, the Insights video on our website? Yeah, still an audio. It's just called Insights. It's on Caldwell Securities, okay. LTT's website, or Urbana's website. Okay. Uh, and you And you delve into what this country's about in 2023 and whether we're still proud of, of Canada and what the politicians are up to and what actually preoccupies them. And uh, I, I think you clearly state that the preoccupation is gaining votes and often through photo opportunities. So what is your assessment of the, quote, leadership that we have in this country? Well, I, I think everyone is it's starting to dawn on people that we just do not have effective leadership. It, it's it's one thing to have an idea and try to jam it down everyone's throat, whether that be any any. I mean, whether it be the war on cars in Toronto, which is a war on business. People aren't coming downtown, and oh by the way, the subways are totally safe. So we're told by our mayor. Um, the, the 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 it's it's not listening to the people. It's not saying it's like I've got this idea and I'm going to make sure everybody fits into it. And that's what the ideologue does. The problem is you have that on one hand, yet on the other hand. You have short-termism. Okay, I'm going to spend some money. I, I don't mean to say this. Say in Hamilton, okay, we're going to spend X billions dollars in the airport. We, it's like throw money all around a place to buy votes. It's, there's no macro view of where do we see Canada fitting in the world stage? What are the industries we want to promote and develop? Uh, what can we do with what we have in terms of energy, raw materials, etc., where we're really falling behind? How can we participate in world security? Because if you're not playing in that game at all, no other country will even consider you, and, and Canada's not. And that. So what I'm suggesting is, number one, the parties have to pick leaders who are leaders. And obviously the job is to get elected. But then you have to ask yourself, why? How are we going to make the country better? And it doesn't mean it has to fit into your specific idea. But I think our politicians have to lead, have to forget about short-termism and buying votes and just spending money all over the countryside. Ask Canadians to sacrifice to build a better country, and we'll do it. You know, we've seen that time and time and yes, time again throughout our great history. But there's none of that. It's, it's, it's like um, the, the cargo god arriving saying, okay, I've got some goodies now. I'm going to send you that and, and make sure you vote for us. And, and, and decisions like the fighter plane is put off a decade, and we missed all the, the uh, uh, construction opportunities of that aircraft because we 
we had to pay a, a cancellation fee. That it's not making decisions for the right reason or making decisions for purely political purposes. I know politicians, they are politicians, they are what they are, but they've got to start thinking in a bigger picture. What's right for Canada? And I think that's what we're missing. And I think that's dawning on people, whether it be, you know, how many tanks can we send to the Ukraine? Well, we might find four that work. You know, that, that's embarrassing side of things. So bigger picture thinking, longer term thinking, forget about running out and buying votes with every pressure interest group, uh, regional group that comes across your table. It's okay, here's some money, uh, as long as you vote for us. That's, that's just not how you build a country. Mm-hmm. So if we can step outside our borders for just a moment, you talked about inside Canada, but if we step outside our borders and your specialty, your expertise is um, in investments and um, securities, Caldwell Securities, uh, how are we seen outside our borders? How is Canada viewed well, internationally, it's, it's, it's not seen as a poor investment destination, which it is, because we can't seem to get any kind of big projects going in this country, because either regional or our, our political groups oppose it. You can't get anything done in Canada. We can't seem to make serious decisions. So in terms of an investment destination, we're not a factor. But the point is, we're not considered as anything. We're not even on the radar screen. I mean, if you look at the security agreements between uh, the United States and Australia and, and, and Britain, Canada's not included. That's in right. This. So my point is, we're not even considered. The sad part and the embarrassing part is when we go to international conferences, our prime minister is running around just trying to get photo opportunities so he shows well back here. Mm-hmm. But we are not considered a factor. And that's, that's not what we're about. Canada has always been a major force for peace, uh, for cooperation, for getting along, and, and we've sacrificed in that regard. So we have to come up and be in the game, and that means spending money on stuff that it doesn't necessarily mean a vote buyer, whether it be defense or, or, or whatever, because we live in a far more dangerous world now than, than we have done in the last you know, 15, 20 years. So we are not seen as serious in any level. You have, you have uh, for example, Germany and Japan, saying we want to have liquid natural gas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our prime minister said, well, no, we're, we're going to give you hydrogen in a couple of years. And they just, I mean, Schroeder, Chancellor Schroeder, when he left, you could see the photographs. He was just yeah, looking, we've talked about that. Yeah. looking at the prime minister saying, what is this guy about? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is the world we live in. We're not seen as a reliable ally, trading partner, safe destination for anything, because it's, 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 it's populism at its very, very worst. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.